Well, after realizing that perhaps our thumbnails were not the most engaging piece of content on YouTube, I am slowly redesigning them and all the new episodes will have our brand new template, which is a lot more indicative of what the episode actually contains. And are you seeing a difference? Are you seeing a bump? Yeah, we're getting more people interested in following us, which we appreciate, and more watches over time. So I think it's just appealing to what people are already looking for. Now we can just help them find it more easily. Katie's doing cool shit. That's right. Keep your eyes peeled. Check us out on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet. Light from Lantern presents. Knit a spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. We're still talking about love, but this week we're talking about love for yourself. Because Jim, as I think many people have heard from our queen, if you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love someone else? RuPaul, thank That's you. That's the one. Just like RuPaul has many layers of foundation, wigs, mm. lashes. <laughs> the saying that sounds cliche or just that saying that people are used to actually has many layers underneath. Indeed, RuPaul takes drag and actually has a lot more of a deep understanding of what drag really is. And this saying, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Is actually mm -hmm. a much deeper idea. And it has some psychological implications. If we think about self-love, how do I love myself? The love that you're able to have for yourself. And when we talk about love, it's the commitment to ourselves, not just always the feeling like I can feel disappointed in myself or I did something that I regret and I need to make amends or I need to do something and I can feel bad about it. That's fine. Love is not always a feeling um, and I can still feel bad about myself, but I can still love myself because I can choose an action. I can choose to do the loving thing that is the commitment and the decision and the verb of love for myself, regardless of how I feel. So love as a verb, as an action, as a commitment to do the healthy thing that is loving for myself, that is caring for myself, regardless and despite my feelings for myself. So when we love ourselves, when we have that choice and that commitment to ourselves, it expands our capacity to love others. And if we don't have the capacity of love for ourselves, we limit the capacity of love for another. And so the way this works is, if I only have a small capacity of love for myself, I really don't have a large sense of love for myself. I really have a lot of self-loathing. When someone else comes along and really does love me, sees me for the amazing human that I am and is completely committed to me and loves me, I'm going to reject that love. I'm not going to be able to have the capacity to receive their love. And they're going to experience that as rejection of their love for me, even though I don't really intend that to happen. I don't have the capacity to receive their love because I don't have the capacity to 
have love for myself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think that is completely accurate. And there's another side of that too, which is committing to so much love outside of yourself that you have nothing left to give back to yourself. So instead of filling up your cup first, which is what we're talking about, or remembering to take time to refill your cup, if it's all outgoing, eventually it's bone dry. And those tasks that you used to be so happy to do for your loved ones are little resentments, things you fight over instead of things that you used to just do without even thinking about it. And so where does that come from? Are you tired? Do you need sleep? We were talking earlier before we started recording about sometimes the feeling of a lack of self-care being similar to a lack of sleep. Here's a fun example. When I was in college, I remember going out one night at Halloween. It was out late. I came back. I had to do laundry. And for some reason, that ruined my night. (laughs) There was someone using it. That was it for me. And so that became known as the Halloween laundry incident. And so when (laughs) I find myself getting upset over nothing, I ask, am I Halloween laundry upset or is it something real? Because you were in that state of any little thing would have been. Yep. Yeah, that's right. If you were seven, it would have been, I got all Tootsie Rolls and no Snickers bars. It would right. Have been yeah. Yes, exactly. But in this case, it was laundry. Oh my God, I have to do laundry and you collapsed. It could have been anything. Yeah. There's a saying I've heard, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, just halt. Because mm. yeah, it's a good little reminder. Yeah. And I think about this too, the role of our society as a sociology oriented person, we are taught this puritanical selflessness of give, give to others and don't worry about ourselves. That puritanical martyrdom, that to give selflessly and our reward is in the afterlife. This idea that we sacrifice ourselves for the good of other people and somehow there's a heroicness or a saintliness to doing that. And that's often, especially oriented in women to do that, to be the caregivers and to make the casseroles for everyone else and not Mm. for yourself, or just barely eat as you're running from one thing to another, being the caregiver for this family member and that person, and you're left with nothing for yourself. And especially guilt and shame over taking a moment to care for yourself. Mm. And I've seen many palmistry clients who struggle, and it shows up in their palms, struggle with the guilt and shame of taking a moment to meditate, taking a moment to take a hot Mm -hmm. bath, taking a moment to really care for themselves. You, listener, if this reminds you of you, you are worthy of taking that time for yourself. You're worthy of that self-care and self-love. What defines you as worthy is not in how you care for others. It is in how you care for yourself so that you can do the amazing work for others in a way that is balanced and has those healthy boundaries. It's a very tough thing because people resist that when you hold back and start to put up boundaries and say, no, I can't enable you any longer or I need to have my own time. Charity Mm -hmm. begins at home is the thing that my husband says, which is what you said. Fill your own cup first. Exactly. And that's a good point too, is 
sometimes self-care is asking for help, being courageous enough to know that the people that you would help, probably most of them also would be happy to help you. Most people aren't mind readers. You have to let them know. And if you're willing to do that, you usually get what you need. If you're got a new baby or two jobs, who's someone you could reach out to maybe watch your kid for a second so that you can take a 10 minute bath, but doesn't have to be a whole day that you take off for self-care because that's not realistic for everyone, certainly. What's the smallest amount of time that you can just take and be totally present with yourself and not worried about anyone or anything else? It's a luxury. Katie, what is self-care? Is self-care going out and buying myself a big chocolate cake and eating it in one sitting? I mean, that could be, I suppose. There's a really cool book out there that is called The Witch's Book of Self-Care Magical Pampering. We have it linked in our show notes. There's a couple great quotes that they've put out on their Amazon page that are most liked from people who read the book. And I think it really encompasses this really well. Self-care means considering yourself a worthwhile person and presenting yourself as valuable, capable, and deserving. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Considering myself a worthwhile person. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. It's a complicated woven combination of hundreds of small acts and an attitude shift, which we talked about earlier. In our society, this is very low value because you need to be a productive worker bee and you're not being one in their minds, if you're not working constantly at your computer. We're trained to be factory workers in our modern society. I guess this would be countercultural, wouldn't it? Indeed. It rests on the idea of a slow moving, low stress and low commercial consuming life. Talk about countercultural. Want less, expect less stress. I love the connection between slow moving, low stress, low commercial consumption and self-care. I think about how often I have been in this high stress, fast moving, high commercial consumption, rush to feel better or to feel like I matter Mm -hmm. in my attempts to please others, in my attempts to feel like I'm a valid member of society. And it is so often collapsed with Am I driving the right car? Am I wearing the right brand of shirt or clothing? Mm-hmm. Living in the right neighborhood? Do I have the right title in my job? Do people like me because I've given them gifts or paid for their dinner? And that stress and fast moving lifestyle is not self-care. I think about how so often self-care is associated with high consumption, like getting our nails done or going to the spa or buying something. We even talk about retail therapy as a thing. And sometimes it's even somewhat validated by others. Oh yeah, that's a totally valid thing. Read that again. It rests on the idea of a slow moving, low stress, low commercial consumption life. And so here's my example of this. (laughs) Christmas. (laughs) Christmas. Oh shit. It's hollow for me because the time breezes by so fast You have to do the to-do list. Did I do the obligation of decorating? Did I do the obligation of buying everyone the gifts that maybe if I had time would hand make instead and they would be more meaningful, but I don't, I have to get through them because I have all these other things to do and I have my business to run and I have my life and I have my kids and I have this and we're also going on vacation. 
that's a lot of stuff. When you're always doing the runaround, you're not paying attention to anything anymore. So time is lost. What do you think about that? That nailed it 100%. What is everyone's fantasy of the holidays, of Yuletide, of Christmas? Is everyone sitting around mm -hmm. a fire with a, a beautiful holiday tree or a beautiful menorah or a beautiful Kwanzaa mm -hmm. candle or whatever yep. it may be and having a wonderful food set out mm -hmm. and telling stories and laughter and exchanging little gifts and it's magic because who went and purchased those gifts who wrapped those gifts who made the food mm -hmm. now a lot of times it falls on one person and this happens at a lot of holidays think about a birthday oh a wedding think about <laughs> oh god but think about the person who makes a birthday happen, who was it in your household, who made the cake, who made the dinner, who bought the presents, who wrapped the presents? Was there one person in your household who did all that? And is that the same person who, even in their retirement, when kids are grown, is running around like crazy, caring for everybody? And was it the female person in your household who still has those patterns? Anyway, it's a very interesting thing of how they're validated oh man, this is harsh, right? Yeah. So it's no wonder that our society sets that up. My mom started setting up a Christmas where Christmas day was low stress. And we all made and helped cut up cheese and it was nuts and dried fruit and fresh fruit and cheeses and crackers, abundance of them. And that Christmas morning was what was set out. And that's what we snacked on. And it was very low stress and we just got to chill and there was no big dinner until much later. And we all had to help with that. There was a lot of stuff that was already made because the Italian tradition was we had a pasta making party and we made raviolis. Everyone made raviolis weeks before. All you had to do was boil the raviolis. And there was no big like turkey or goose or ham or whatever. Mm. It was wedding soup that was made weeks before. It was all in the freezer. Mom would take it out of the freezer, boil it. And we there was already sauce in the freezer. So there would be this like big meal, but it was pasta. She figured out how to make this stuff low stress because she was just not having it. And so there are ways to figure out in our tradition how to do that. Or we would do, we would grow up in Arizona. We would do the low stress because she would buy tamales, which are very, those are the Mexican tradition at Christmas. And there would be tamales and all you do is steam them and they're already made. And so there would be these other foods that we would have at Christmas that also are a lot less stress. And so it was interesting how now looking back in the context of this conversation, how my mom was pretty good at being like, oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like mine similar. In the context of self-love, this is an example of how boundaries can be amazing self-love, which is that power of Saturn. Saturn is self-love. Isn't that interesting to think about? If we go on a little tangent here. Please. Could Saturn be self-love? Think about the mudra. What's the mudra of boundaries? Oh, it's my favorite. It's the middle finger. Yes. 
But if uh. you really want to have boundaries in a way that doesn't really piss people off, a self-love mudra that is actually about having healthy boundaries with yourself. Let's say people are asking a lot of me or I have given a lot of myself and I want to stand for some new boundaries where I need to say, I'm not going to do this for you this time, or I can make one casserole a month, not mm -hmm. seven casseroles a month or something like that. You're feeling the pull or like, oh, I'm pulling back on what I was committing to. Or instead of volunteering five days a week, I'm just going to volunteer one day a week, whatever that is. In order to hold to that boundary, you can extend your middle finger just slightly on your hand. You don't need to actually do the flipping off. And as you hold your fingers in your pockets, or if you hold your fingers this way, below the fold, below mm. the camera on Zoom or on the phone, you can hold your finger, your middle fingers, which is Saturn, rules, boundaries, ethics. If you're in person with someone, you can just do it very gently. They won't even notice. Mm. It can be a very helpful mudra to keep to your boundaries. So if you love this little tidbit, subscribe to this YouTube channel and right we'll have more little tidbits as we go along. That's such a great tip because people often think about what can I do to promote self-love or boundaries within me? People might carry a talisman or a rock that is associated with that, or they might create something that wraps themselves up in a feeling of self-love, putting that energy into something as opposed to just buying something, not that can't work just as well, but something about having to put the time into making it, even mm -hmm. if it comes out not great, is still great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about some crafting ideas after our break. Stick around. And when we come back, more from Katie and me on self-love. Guess what, Knit a Spell fans? March Magic is coming to Patreon. Join us for five weeks of magical abundance as we explore fun challenges for you to join in and win prizes. Complete a challenge to be entered into that week's prize. Complete them all to be entered into the grand prize. A palm reading from Jim. To learn more, visit patreon.com forward slash light from lantern. For $13 a month, you'll have access to all of our previous post history, polls, interact with your fellow Knit a Spell fans, Plus, you get to hang out with Jim and I. We hope to see you there, and we'll see you next week. Your hands are the map to achieving anything you want in life. But it's hard to read that map in just one reading. My coaching packages allow me to work with you over time to build towards your goals. We bring in life coaching, executive coaching, leadership coaching, tarot, palmistry, astrology all together. And these amazing coaching pathways that my clients are on really help propel people towards their goals. Learn more about Jim's new coaching packages by sending him an email at jim at thedivinehand.com to schedule a free discovery call or visit thedivinehand.com to learn more. And we're back. Let's start with some foundations. Like if I want to bring self-love into crafting, like magically or psychologically, yeah. are there some like ground rules? Where do we start with some of that stuff? I always think of a couple of things when I'm starting a craft or starting one for someone else, especially is, do I want to do it? <laughs> so I know <laughs> that's like a little vain perhaps, but... If you really don't want 
to do something that somebody asks you to do and you say yes to it and it's something like knitting it doesn't take a day that's a long commitment to something that you're gonna have potentially like a growing resentment towards over time and that's not great energy to start with any project right here's the thing i made for you take it talk to me about that because I want to do it, but it's also a little bit of, I feel compelled or I feel mm. like she's struggling with this terrible disease and this could be really helpful for her. And I know that everyone has agreed to knit a cap and I'm new at it. So I'm going to try and I have these big plans and I want to do it. What's the role of like discernment or self-awareness and all that kind of stuff? In the terms of someone being new, Sometimes you don't really know where your boundaries are or your limitations until you start something. That's where having a lot of grace is really important and makes things a lot easier because if you give yourself grace to realizing, oh, I committed to making this hat and I just got the pattern from the person that we're all making and I don't even know what half the stuff is and I'm afraid to ask them. And now it's been two months and everyone else is finished and I'm freaking out. These are things we can learn over time to say, okay, I don't need to freak out. This is something we're trying to do to help someone. So let's remember what is the name of the game here? What's the objective? It's to love and care for someone. So maybe the way you love and care for that person isn't making them a hat. Maybe it's gifting them a teddy bear or your time or a meal or something different. Maybe it's a face washcloth or a project that's much smaller, but still quite useful that you just haven't thought of. Creativity is the mother of invention. We can get ourselves out of a lot of unnecessary commitments by being a little more creative with how we go about yeah, doing them. I love that. Yeah. And this is self-care which is being really clear with mm. myself and having that discernment of what is my thing. If I'm going to do something for someone else, what is something that is easy for me to do? Mm -hmm. If that's okay, what is something that I am really good at doing? And for me, especially, I don't need to commit to something out of a sense of obligation, because that's probably what would drive me to do something that I'm not really good at, or say, oh, this is how I'm going to learn something. And instead say, hey, I need to do something that's well within my wheelhouse, something that's actually pretty easy for me to do, so that I can do it well, provide this for someone, because that'll be something that I'll be able to be successful at. That's a good call. And you're offering somebody else with that expertise, the opportunity to shine. There's probably mm -hmm. somebody out there doing that thing that you don't really want to do or you're not good at doing and that's why you don't want to do it that's yep. usually why i don't want to do something there's people who are actually really good at sorting through medical bills and there's people who are really good at making food and there are people who are really good at knitting it really are all kinds of people so if i want to do stuff for me do you mm -hmm. have ideas that are around self-care crafts just taking a second to even consider what you might want to do is in itself an act of self-care <laughs> much oh. like creating the wheel of the year just by looking at it to see yes it works no it doesn't tells you a lot about yourself so 
sit with yourself and ask if I had five minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, a whole damn day, what would I want to do? Sometimes that's hard for people. It's been hard for me and I feel like I have an insane creative imagination. That's one place to start. You might surprise yourself, especially if you think back to when you were a kid or like the last time you just had a blast to doing anything. What were you doing? Was it just hanging out with people? Was it roller skating? Was it knitting with a knitting group? These are all things you can maybe explore more of to gain some of that back a little bit. There's also a lot of traditional things out there like just taking half an hour to have somebody else take care of everything in your life, turn off your brain and have a nice hot bath. Whether you made your own special ritual salts or just Epsom salt works great too. If you're like, thanks, throw it in there. <laughs> that works just as well. Being present is the key to self-care. What kind of things do you think of, Jim? Where do you go when you think, man, Jim needs some self-care? Yeah, meditation. Taking even 10 minutes to meditate mm. is self-care. I think also going for a walk and experiencing oh, yeah. nature and just walking is really good self-care for me because it gets me out of my office, gets me moving. That's important self-care that I tend to resist also because uh, I have to mm. change the inertia of sitting still to like right. actually get my ass up and go out. Plus the weather's not always agreeable. Oh, yeah. February weather in Seattle. Oof, yeah. I also think of things like painting. I'm not good at it. You don't get better at it if you make no time for it. So whether it's five minutes in the morning or in the evening, or I also like to do like a tarot card in the morning as a way to just be present and reflect on the day before or day after whatever's coming up, writing like journal entries. If you're not a writer, there's a great book called The Artist's Way. And she has a practice called Morning Pages. It's not for writers. It's just to download and get all the mental chatter out of your head onto mm. paper. And that's cool. a great technique for non-writers. That is a really fantastic practice of mental expunge or mental squeeze out all the mental chatter mm. and clear your brain and uh, highly recommended. And if you do Morning Pages, leave us a comment or let us know. Because it's a really fantastic practice. And I'd love to know if you're a person that practices morning pages. Ooh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to look that up. Speaking of a morning page, what about the practice of maybe writing a letter to yourself, whether it's your past self or your current self or a future self, a letter of appreciation or of a healing, you know, that self-care yeah. too, or just if you need inspiration on a thing that if you're feeling blue, you need to go back to a time where you were really happy. What were you doing? Could you bring more of those things into your life now? That reminds me of something that we used to do. You can do this at the spring equinox, which is also the Persian okay. new year where you can take 12 tarot cards and you can put them in 12 envelopes with a little note to yourself on what that tarot card means. You can do them for the 12 Zodiac months that are coming up. And those are like notes for yourself going forward, little no love notes, little positive encouragement on whatever that card means. That's a really fun thing. Oh, but I love that. Isn't that cool? I think you could also make something for yourself. 
isn't one of your things you have the traveler's talisman but don't you have a self-love thing i do yes quite on the nose to this topic i have a pattern called self-love cowl which is imagine a cowl that has a really fun textural puffy stitch that is a great way to do little meditations i almost think of them as like rosary beads because each one allows you time to build in some energy or maybe you want to do a different prayer for each one or just in a different intention oh wait so tell me what you mean so as you're knitting each little puffy like thing oh yes is that what you mean yeah Explain. so the way that it's constructed is several rounds where you're just knitting the two colors held together hold on speaking of self-care my dog is needing some there she is hello oh welcome to the podcast pancakes pancakes actually models my self-love cowl in my newsletter if anyone's curious of seeing her look at it you can check her out there if you want to see more of pancakes subscribe to the light from lantern newsletter the cowl is worked in several rounds that are just simply meditative but every so often you do a pattern stitch that makes you stop and work a small amount of it back and forth and then you progress forward and do another one back and forth before you progress forward and work all the way around until you get to the end then you do several rounds again to build up like a foundation and then you do more of these meditative stitches it's a great way to really imbue this energy into the piece because it does go fast overall the piece knits up quickly i would say but it feels like it's going slowly because you're doing it in so many small pieces so you can use each of those back and forths with an intention or with a repeated mantra of some kind around self-love mm -hmm. and even the colors you suggest colors but really a person can use any color that they want certainly you could just use one color if you have one really strong intention that you want what's stopping you from using two of the same blue or two really similar shades of blue if you want really strong healing comfort two shades of blue could be the yeah. whole thing and it would be stunning so just because i put a guideline out there of things you could do sky's the limits use your imaginations you tell me what you're inspired by because i'm always inspired by what people who are making my patterns do because again I'm only one person. I'm looking for your point of view as well. And we have episode 47, 48, and 49, and episode 50, mm. which are all about color magic. Crafting with color, the three primary colors, gray magic, green magic. So you can learn a lot about crafting with colors in those episodes, and we'll link those episodes in our show notes as well. If you're interested about some of those meanings in color magic and how to craft with color and some sources of amazing colorful yarns, check those out as well. And we'll put them in the show notes, like Jim said. And if anyone out there is a knitter and interested in this pattern, there's also several pages in the pattern that outlines ways to create a magical intent, different color combinations that you can use, and places for you to develop your own senses of what you feel like is right. So there's lots of resources within there too to inspire you further. What is your mantra for February around self-love? Mine 
is help me help you. That's what it is. <laughs> you went on Jerry Maguire on us. That's right. <laughs> How about you, Jim? <laughs> you crack me up. Mine is. <clears throat> it's really believing in myself while being open to other people's experience. And why I say that is, I don't want to become blind. I want to have that balance between my own self-confidence, self-love and belief without becoming like the Aries stomping all over other people. And so I want Mm. that balance of compassion and confidence with myself. Mm. So- that's my desire for self-love. I feel I do this since my cancer ascending self is allow me to help you more than you want, or I will do it all. <laughs> and then the Virgo and, is, and I'll do it correctly. And then I'll tell you how yeah. you should have been doing it to begin with. And that's my Virgo rising too. See? Yeah. That's why you and I get along so well. Jim. I hope Love you it. loved this episode. Get it. Loved this episode. Ooh, and I hope you continue to expand your capacity for love within so that you can love those who are without. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Knit a Spell. I can't wait to see you next week. Okay, ciao. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify, or following Knit a Spell on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the Light From Lantern YouTube channel to enjoy full episodes of Knit a Spell and see our happy faces. You can also learn more about readings, classes, and events going on with your favorite maker of magic, James Devine, by visiting thedivinehand.com and subscribing to his newsletter. Then follow Jim's fun and interactive Instagram account at divinehandjim. Keep up with Katie, the magical maker, by subscribing to her newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. You'll receive a free knitting pattern as a thank you gift. Then follow Katie on Instagram at lightfromlantern for even more magical making tips. See you you next next week. week.